You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How are the Cowboys looking against the Los Angeles Chargers? We will dive into that and more here as we get riled up on the Cowboys every Thursday with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. You can follow him at Tom Ryle BTB. You can follow me at RW3. And of course, you can follow the great content at Blogging the Boys and on bloggingtheboys.com, where we will have an accompanying article to this podcast as it drops on Thursday. But We've got a lot to get into, Tom, and no, we're not going to break down the transactions. If you'd like to hear what moves the Cowboys have made, and, and we would if they were of notable, uh, but if they were really notable. But in this case, check out our girls' daily podcast, Jess Narvaez, uh, Narvarez, excuse me. Gosh, dang it. I even, Navarez, I even asked you before the podcast, Tom, <laughs> how to say it. And I'm so sorry to our gal there. Jess, but she does a great job putting together that daily podcast and she'll have all the Cowboys reaction for you on that. But Tom, we got to do some diving because as of this podcast dropping, not only will we have had a look at what the Cowboys have done against the Broncos, but we'll also, uh, excuse me, against the Chargers, but we'll also have an idea of what we might be seeing and what we might expect this weekend when they match up. Yeah, and and fortunately we've had one of the practices done before we recorded this. Now we won't know what happens on, on in the Thursday practice, but we have the results of the Wednesday practice as gleaned from Twitter. And while I'm on Twitter and you mentioned Jess, we're doing a thing called Twitter Spaces uh, that we did uh, we did after the practice, and I think we did one before the practice. And she and Tony Catalina and I and a whole bunch of other Cowboys followers on uh, Twitter uh, have been jumping in there. So I'd like to recommend that to people if you're looking for a way to actually get in, maybe get a chance to talk uh, and if nothing else, listen to the commentary going on. So that's my little promo for something that we've got going on at Blogging the Boys. It's kind of a new thing. Hope everybody comes in and joins us. But I... uh, put together not only the article to go with this, but I also did the uh, Twitter recap of the practice on Wednesday. And I have to say that overall, it was much more encouraging than anything that happened at Denver. Uh, you know, the, the, the offense came out doing quite well from the beginning, uh, kind of cooled off at the end for the first team. But some development with the second team were actually kind of nice to see. And the defense was kind of choking the Chargers out. Uh, it seemed like every other play, somebody was getting to uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, and half the time, it was somebody named Michael Parsons. 
So they were just ripping and going there. And we, we can touch on that for thing. just a second because the videos of Micah Parsons, I mean, and he himself, right, uh, was asked after practice for his uh, latest animal impressions. And no, he's not doing impressions of animals, but just he's got thoughts like an animal. He's compared himself many times uh, to animals. And of course, it is exactly what it looks like on the football field. He is running at a different speed. And granted, it's just practice, but these are practices that the players care about, right? They're out there to prove a little something, not only to the guys that they're competing against, right? But, you know, they're trying to show something to the rest of the league. And Micah Parsons, man, he is showing that quarterbacks are not going to have the time that they think they do. And they learned that last year, Tom. They learned that last year, but it seems like they're going to have to get a second helping of it this season. Yeah, he was probably the most noticeable player, although he wasn't the only one. But everyone was just talking about, yeah, you're exactly right. He's moving at a different speed. Somebody had one thing up said, look at where he starts and look at where he ends and look at how much ground he makes up. It was, It's just we knew he was going he is a budding superstar and he is just definitely building on that. Yeah, there was even actually uh so our boy Hellman put that video up, David Hellman if you don't know who he is, uh, Fox Sports contributor and he put a video up of Micah Parsons, you know, and, and saying look at where he starts, look at where he finishes. The the video that hasn't yet been put up, but according to Hellman is available on somebody's phone and someone caught it is the video of Micah Parsons running stride for stride with Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams. And I don't know if you saw that, but I am very mm-hmm. interested to see if that video winds up getting posted at some point. Uh, and I might expect, you know, some point maybe in the morning when there's more eyes. But uh, I do think we, if we see that video, um, the hype train is coming, Tom. I know you're not bringing it to the table, but the media may be somewhat responsible for the hype train that seems to be building around this Cowboys defense. Like that's a good chargers team. And yeah, those were good players. They were practicing against. This wasn't the B team. This was just and, and the crew. Yeah. And uh, like Neville Gallimore just devoured somebody on the field. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence was, you know, just absolutely tearing stuff up. And uh, there were just a lot of lot of good things that were happening all over the place, um, and it, it included the starters. They had Tyron Smith back out there, and it really seemed to help kind of stabilize what was going on with the line and all the uncertainty going on at left guard. And that is a good thing. Uh, I think that might be an indication that that we they may be able to figure, but. Really, it's it's it it's nice to know that it might not be as horribly dire as we were afraid of. Uh, Terrence still had some plays he got eaten up, like by Bosa, but he had some other plays where he pretty much held his own and was doing all right. So that's that's a good good sign that things are coming along, and the running game. Ooh, Ezekiel Elliott got had a couple of uh, gaps and just blew up the middle. He popped another uh, guy's helmet off. Yeah, he did. Uh, you know, so he's he's out there. It's it's like that man's got some hunger and a chip on his shoulder. And if he just stays healthy, 
might need to watch out. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of what's going on with the, the, the line, of course. It's going, what's going to be crucial is will the pass protection hold up? Uh, they've got to keep uh, Dak upright. They've got to give him a chance for the offense to work, no matter how good the running game is going. So that that kind of uh, of something that's a little harder to figure out. But it I have seems another like thought the cow- on the need of the offensive line, though, and like whether or not we see a lot of them this weekend, right? Because you know maybe Zag, maybe Tyron. Obviously, Tyron sits, but I might almost consider playing Zach for a little bit. And and here's why. And tell me if you think I'm crazy. Like I want a good offensive line out there for a little bit so I can maybe try to evaluate my backup quarterback situation, right? Like, wouldn't you want to put him in the best possible position to find out which you're leaning towards? And I'm, I guess if, you know, if you're not already decided, I have been for a long time, uh, quite honestly, because I thought the guy that was here last year and just because he threw well in prime time, doesn't mean he's a backup quarterback, right? I, I'm fully out on Cooper Rush, and I'm totally fine if he's gone. But, like, is there not a consideration for having that offensive line out there, just so you know? Well, uh, I would say you're a little crazy. I wouldn't risk Zach Martin in a preseason game. Then uh, Zach's and too far, I admit. Some... But I almost feel like without Zach, shoot, it might all fall apart. Yeah, but – Here's the good news. Uh, Even though Will Greer did not participate in the team drills, they they had him on the field. He did work some. They're looking, apparently, at getting him in the team drills on Thursday and then having him ready for the game. Cooper Rush had a good day. He had a couple of big throws, including a fourth down deep ball to Cavante Turpin, who didn't Win it with speed, he won it by just out-positioning the players and getting his feet down the bounds. And Rush was connecting with some of the other players, including, I believe, Simi Fajoko and uh, – oh, crap. Uh, the, the the Oh, Houston, Dennis Houston. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, some of the guys that they're looking out to fill in. Uh, I didn't see Tolbert having much of a day. Apparently, Noah Brown didn't get a ball, but – some of the other uh, of the, the young wide receivers uh, seemed to be having a good time. And the important thing was Rush apparently kind of got his head on straight and had a bit of a comeback. That's nice. And now hopefully the rest of the way this week, we'll get to see him and Greer do a little more head-to-head stuff and we'll find out who is really, really sharp. Um you know, Real quickly on this, all those wide receivers that you mentioned, uh, I noticed one name was conspicuously absent. That's because CeeDee Lamb did not practice. And one of the things that I saw after practice, though, Tom, I don't know if you saw this quote. He was asked about what he did to get the cut on his foot that required stitches and prevented him from being able to practice today. And his response was some clown stuff. And I have to admit, Tom, even if it was some clown stuff, I don't want to hear him say that. I really was not happy to hear that. Just, you know, I just had a little accident or whatever. Yeah. 
he's going to wise up on that because it, they have to have him. It does look like it's minor, the kind of thing that maybe they shoot a little, you know, painkiller into it and just get through it okay. But we don't want to see that. We don't want to see him hurting himself for no reason. All field injury is just absolutely something they can't afford. Exactly. The they can't they afford really it. Have like, to have. No, we don't want it. We cannot have it. That's true. Now, speaking of, of the backup situation, there was also a little bit about uh, Josh Wall. Uh, about Kyle Yeomans, and I included this in the article, he said that both Tyron Smith and Josh Wall had some reps where the uh, Bosa and Khalil Mack beat them. Uh, but uh, both tackles won the majority of their reps against Khalil Mack, all pro. So when I hear that Josh Wall is winning reps against a starter, I want to do a little, you know, whoopee. <laughs> uh, maybe that will work out, but, you know, we'll have to find out. Uh couple other things. Uh, they started uh, easing Anthony Barr into things. Uh, he did not get – I don't know if he got a lot of work, but I think I saw him going in some of the 11-on-11 11 11 reps or maybe the 7-on-7. Seven seven. Mm -hmm. So they're bringing him along, and he looks like they really would like him to be the guy that can come in and do kind of the same things that Michael Parsons does, although not as good, we don't expect. Yep. But uh, – that was that was a little bit good. Uh, uh, and I you know, think going what, on down the list of things that go ahead. Yeah, I'm excited about Barr in particular because like if they decide to put, you know, I know they say you can do some of the stuff that Micah does on the field, but you know, Micah's still gonna be on the field, right? So the fact that they are both out there potentially in a unit along with four other down linemen pass rushers, that's a lot of potential confusion that could be caused. Right. Because if they're both lined oh, up on yeah. both sides, right, that protection issues will need to be addressed and they'll need to get it right in order to to get that right against the Cowboys. So that's a nice little weapon that I'm excited about. I'm trying to temper my expectations because I know Anthony Barr is not the Anthony Barr of years past, but I still think he can bring something to the table as a pass rusher in this thing. I don't necessarily want to see him in coverage. Yeah, um, that's that's absolutely a good take. I want to see him going up the field, not dropping back, just like you. Uh, now, uh, something else that kind of came up uh, that we need to maybe keep an eye on is that Jordan Lewis left the field late uh, with a, some kind of a hamstring tweak. So that's uh, something that I think we're going to have to keep a close eye on. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the corners were very good, though. Uh, there was somebody said they didn't give up any big plays. I think I mentioned that earlier. Mm -hmm. That's always a positive sign when you're playing against a team with a quarterback like Herbert. Uh, and, uh, you know, so that's a good thing to have. But with Lewis going down, then we've got to hope that that depth can step up because, you know, in the course of a 17-game season, there's a time you might have to call on that. So a um, couple of things were totally unanswered. Uh, that was mm. we didn't really see any anything to indicate what was going on with penalties because it looked like they weren't flagging things. 
Uh, it looked like they didn't have officials on the field, which I don't understand for scrimmage. I'd have officials out there, and there was there was one play where somebody sarcastically put up about the run defense getting gashed, uh, when in reality there was likely a, a hold on uh, Lawrence, and there was another hold, and they still stopped it for about two yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it was you know just there. The rate run defense looked like to be very solid as well as the run offense. That's good. Uh, nothing on the kickers. It doesn't look like they did any kicking at all. Uh, so I don't know if there was anything beforehand or if they lined them up somewhere and had them kick off on another field. But So we don't have any clarity there. Uh, that may be stuff we have to wait for the game to find out more about. So those are some things. Now, there are some other little notes that I want to throw in a couple, a couple in particular on defense. Um, I was beginning to worry that Terrell Basham, well, I don't know if it's worried, but I was beginning to think that Terrell Basham might be on a bubble just because they've got so many defensive linemen. Uh, yeah. You remember he got an interception against Denver. Well, he did it again in practice, went up, batted a ball and apparently managed to gather it in as he fell flat on his back. So he is out there making a statement that the Cowboys don't need to be too hasty in deciding to move on from him. Uh, and it's kind of hard to figure out what they would do, though, because another guy that I'm really kind of excited to see getting some notice is Big Quentin Bohana. Uh, for a long time, the Cowboys have lacked that uh, big run-stuffing nose tackle. Bohana is getting runs with the ones when they're in run defense. Apparently, he's out there a lot, so and he is doing quite well. Uh, and when he's not on the field, uh, apparently Neville Gallimore and Osa Adigidua were both giving him fifths at the middle. They had one play where the two of them met at the quarterback. And when you're getting... Uh, potential sacks from your two interior defensive linemen. That's a very good thing. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. 
That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I'm interested in the Bohana mansion because, I mean, it's great that he is coming on, but, you know, he's a guy that a lot of people are looking at as you whittle it down to 53. He, I mean, it's a possibility he might not make it through, right? Um, yeah. I mean, when you yeah. obviously got guys like Ridgeway and Golston, who, mm-hmm. you know, are you feel like you have a little bit more invested in, Ridgeway being this year's draft pick and Golston being, you know, a third rounder a year ago. Um, Bohana is like a sixth kind of sitting there in the interior. If he doesn't flash, it's going to be difficult for him to make the team. Cause I mean, we still got the list goes on Terrell Basham, Dante Fowler, Carlos Watkins, Sam Williams. And these are all backups, right? Yeah. I didn't even name the four starters. So yeah. do you feel like Bohana, you know, maybe in, increased his potential there? Cause the other part is like, will the Cowboys go with that many interior linemen, especially run stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I can just kind of go off of what people are saying about him. And it sounds like he is doing a really good job in the role out there. Mm-hmm. If they keep Ridgeway over Bohana just because Ridgeway is the more recent draft pick and was taken at a higher position then that is a failure of the team and their evaluation. I, I just, you know. Are you saying they wouldn't, though? Not, no, that's what I'm concerned about, yeah. and it would not make me happy. Um, you know, you want to put your best 53 men on the roster, uh, you know, and you have to account for roles. And I just think Bahana is showing that he's got what they want if they're when they need, need that big guy out there when they want to play run defense. And uh, I would hate to see them uh, be influenced by what I would have to think was a thumb on the scale from Stephen Jones. Mm. Uh, I don't like to see that kind of thinking. Uh, so I, I hope he gets a fair chance, and I kind of hope he does wind up making the team. So that was that was a, uh, a point where he's doing quite well. He's certainly doing everything he can from what I can see. So we're just going to have to see how that all works out. And I'm saying so a lot, and I apologize to the listeners. I know that's a habit of mine. What Anything you- else uh, <laughs> that you could think of? I'm trying to remember everything that was going on. Well, no, I mean, I think, I think that's a pretty thorough recap of kind of what took place, you know, from what we could see, right. There'll be another practice in the books by the time this hits. So, you know, for our purposes, I think we look forward now and see what would we like to see against the chargers over the weekend. Right. Um, You know, this is preseason game number two. There's only three of these guys. So this would be the dress rehearsal 
for the Cowboys if they even consider there to be a dress rehearsal in today's NFL. And I think that question is still up in the air as teams around the league decide to take different approaches, much different than I think the, you know, cookie cutter version when we had four preseason games and most everybody played, you know, starters in the third game for a quarter or a half, and then you pull them right now. It's a completely different circumstance where for some teams, and I think the Cowboys are included in this, you have players that are too valuable to you to even risk it, right? Zach Martin, Martin, one you mentioned, Dak Prescott, another one, CeeDee Lamb, I think, shows this week that we can't afford to put him out there for a preseason game. Tyron Smith, any other names I'm missing that should be bubble-wrapped until week one? Micah Parsons, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, the starting corners. Uh, And here's a thought. It's interesting that the Cowboys had three scrimmages, three practices against other teams, with two of them coming this week before what would normally be the dress rehearsal. You have to wonder if this is not their attempt to make these practices the replacement for the dress rehearsal because they are controlled. The quarterbacks have the red jerseys. The teams are letting up. I mean, uh, somebody made a joke, made a comment about how Micah Parsons one time just politely tapped Justin Herbert on the chest <laughs> and let him know that you're dead meat, man, but I'm not going to hit you because we're trying to protect you. Um, I think they may just forego the whole dress rehearsal idea, and I would support that. I would be for that. Mm. Looks to me like they're going to, since they've lost preseason game, thanks to the, the new agreement on how long the schedule is, they're going to have to devote the preseason ju- almost exclusively to evaluating the backups and not worry about seeing what the starters have. And from what I saw, I mean, Dak Prescott came out kind of on fire. He went four for four to start, uh, was eight of nine at one point before he started missing passes or and he had a couple of picks later on. Later on. But I'm not terrible with that in these practices because sometimes that's when you force it into a tight window that you might not try during the game because you want to find out if you can get away with it when it doesn't hurt anything. So maybe we have seen most of what we're going to see from the starters uh, in the Wednesday and Thursday practices, and they're just going to all be on the sidelines again on Saturday. As I mentioned, I got no problem with that, and I got no problem with their uh, also on the sidelines the following Friday when they play the final preseason game. Yeah, um, a lot of people disagree with that. There's some people that think you got to get the started out there and got to get them some live reps and all that stuff. It's a different world in the NFL. You know, once upon a time, the NFL played six preseason games, which was really remarkable because they actually, from having read a book about the 50s, they literally weren't being paid. They were playing these preseason games to make the team and to come in and get into shape because they didn't have anything remotely resembling the off-season program we've got nowadays. They didn't have OTAs. Uh, they, they, 
they just literally would come in having taken months off, many of them not having anything in the way of real workout regime or anything like that. And they literally had to practice and play themselves into shape. That's not the NFL. Guys coming into training camp now are pretty much as close to football shape as you can get without having a lot of practices because they're in the weight room. They're working with trainers. They've got a lot of them work with personal trainers. Well, it's not uh, like they're not around the, the uh, it's not like they're not around the team either, right? I mean, team OTAs, uh, there's like non-mandatory stuff that they can be around and in and around the program at mm-hmm. all times. And quite honestly, like they're getting meals made for them, they're getting a the workout treatment done right. Like, why would you not be in that place? Yeah. So the, it's the, a the, yeah, it's definitely you know, work, a different world. And they've got resources like Duke Manyweather, who is working with a lot of the Cowboys defensive linemen, uh, teaching them more about their craft. And they're, I think they're just more professional, uh, partly because, you know, they're making a ton of money, uh, especially the, you know, the, the vets that have been around, good salaries, you know. And that means that they take this seriously and they know that they can't afford to lose the edge, to lose their fitness, to give some rookie or, or outsider a chance to take their spot. So I think that's going to probably be what drives the decision-making. And I'm just, I'm looking for a lot of Cowboys to never see the field of preseason this year. Uh, last year, they kind of had a cheat because they played in the Hall of Fame game and they actually kind of had like a normal preseason. Mm. They don't this year, and I would kind of like to see them show us a little bit what the new normal for preseason is going to be. And some people are going to complain. Others are going to probably side with me, and, you know, that's how it works. But this is these are multi-million dollar investments, and there's nothing worse than losing a key starter in an absolutely meaningless game that he didn't have to be out there. Well, that does make me wonder then, you know, what becomes of these games, right? If they're not really that great of games to begin with, right? And if these practices have kind of taken the place at some point, will they throw a camera up at these practices. Well, shoot, thanks to the Chargers, they actually let the media film practice. So we were able to see some of these highlights because the Cowboys don't like to let media do that. Um, but even still... Both the ca- don't forget the Cowboys live stream the Broncos practice. This was the, uh, the Chargers made the decision that they weren't going to do that this week. Why was so- it then that Hellman made a comment about that Okay, maybe he was just saying thank you to the Chargers because they had denied it earlier in the week. That's what you're saying? Okay, gotcha. No, the, yeah, the Chargers had said they would not okay. allow the full live stream like uh, the, the mothership did against the Broncos. Okay, my and, apologies. And I don't know I don't know, I, I don't know if that's the same plan for tomorrow, but uh, yeah, we did get the video highlights, which was useful. It's just you can't really see the field. Uh, it's short clips. Yeah, You get a little more context when you can see they did this play than they did a play, you know, uh, even though the camera angles aren't really any better when they're doing it live streaming on the mothership because they're basically all at ground level. I, I just 
you know, well, we're going to have to get as much as we can. And fortunately, when you look at them collectively, the Cowboys have about as good a group of media guys working the sidelines. Uh, you know, you've got, you know, Hellman is good. Uh, all the guys at the mothership. Oh, man, Mashota, Hellman, our boy Patrick Walker, blogging the boys yeah. alumni. Who just wound up Nick joining Eatman, up with him. Nick uh, Eatman, those guys. David Moore's pretty good. And he, you know, uh, you know, Clarence Williams, uh, yeah. you know, we we kind of pick on Clarence him Hill a and, bit, and he Watkins. puts up a lot of video. Uh, Clarence Hill and uh yeah, and uh, I'm sorry, I was trying to put the mud squad actor out there. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, Hill Hill puts a lot of stuff up there, and it's it's it gives us a little bit of a sense of what's going on, and we don't, we're not in the blind. Uh, I, I think what I want to say overall is this was a very productive practice for the Cowboys. It, on balance, there was much more good than there was bad, and they look better than the Chargers. The Chargers are one of the darlings right now in the AFC. Uh, Every, I, I think Herbert is a very good quarterback. Uh, you know, we don't know if he's an elite level or not, but he's certainly a valid NFL starter. They've got a lot of other talent. People uh, have already put him ahead of Dak, right? Yeah. Yeah. Other people. So, <laughs> not, yeah, other people. people. Thank you for clarifying that, right? Other people. <laughs> I would say the majority of people, us Dak believers, are probably in the minority – believing that Dak Prescott is above Justin Herbert. And I think that's a fair statement to say. It's not one that I believe, but I think it is a fair statement to say that more people probably believe in that, whether it's the pedigree of Herbert or the arm strength or the natural talent. He is a hell of a talent. But um, that is a conversation worth having at some point because Dak probably belongs in that that conversation. And I think he gets a little disrespected um, and dismissed. To not be compared in that way. Yeah, and uh, maybe Herbert was getting let down by his line, but that guy was under constant bombardment. Yeah, that's the only way you can put it. Uh, they were they they were all in they they were just in the backfield all over the place, and so I uh, you know uh, I feel better today than I did after the Broncos joint practice and the, the pre the preseason yeah. game against Denver. That game uh, that's, that's, that's good to feel. Uh, you know, I think that there's uh, some hope that the Cowboys are going to make this very interesting this year. And, you know, although a lot of people are saying that, Oh, the Eagles going to do it this year. I still think the Cowboys have the edge for the NFC East. And if they, you know, as long as they get into the playoffs, if they can play well, play up to some of the potential and keep some key people healthy, I think this is going to be a competitive team. And we'll have to see if they can finally break that postseason slump that they've seemingly been in forever. So it's going to be, it's something, it's something to watch. And to me, it makes this an interesting season. You don't have to get overhyped 
you just have to try to look at it realistically and say like, hey, there are goods, there are pluses on this team. There are strong points on the roster, and maybe they're going to figure a way to work out some of the weak issues. So mm. that's where I'm looking at, and that's kind of how I came out uh, after seeing what happened on Wednesday. And the strong side seems to be tending, uh, trending rather, in the defense's favor, right? It's almost yes. like the Cowboys' defense is going to be the unit that's relied upon to win them football games this season. And that sounds yeah. not quite what we would have expected even after the offseason that we had um, here yeah. in August, but it's where we stand. So we will get into a more thorough and a deep dive discussion regarding the Eagles chances here in the coming weeks. Cause I think that does deserve to be revisited Tom. Um, but with that being said, we will obviously have all the practice updates available. Tom again, had a wonderful recap of the first day of practice out there against the chargers. You can get day two up now at bloggingtheboys.com as of this posting or later this evening. Uh, and that will be up there. And then of course, check out all the great content following the game this weekend and all the great content that's available for you on a daily basis there at bloggingtheboys.com. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page as well. Getting that booted up uh, on Tuesday nights. And of course we will have pre and post. And as Tom mentioned a little bit more about those Twitter spaces, you can join those by uh, just logging on to Twitter. Make sure you guys uh, follow Blogging the Boys, and they will get that information out. And then you can interact with us, right? You can give your yeah. thoughts, get in on the conversation. That's one of the coolest parts about that is it's not just a podcast between Tom and I or Blogging the Boys hosts. It's one that you, the fans, get to be involved in as well. And one, one note about that, it's only on your phone or apparently on a tablet. You can't do it on a laptop or a desktop. You have to be on your phone. And when you pull up Twitter, you'll notice there's a little button down in the very middle of your screen. And if you, uh, you tap on that while there's a Twitter, uh, Twitter space going live, it'll tell you there's a blogging the boys Twitter space going on. Just tap on it, join in. And then uh, you can actually request to be put live so that you can join and speak. That is a really cool thing and something I'm excited to be a part of as we get further on this season, Tom. Uh, it's going to be an exciting one as the Dallas Cowboys are just a couple weeks away from kicking things off in the regular season. And hopefully we can preserve the players that will be needed to make this season a successful one, Tom. So uh, for Tom, I'm Roy. You guys stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. 
You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.